Welcome to Progress Notes, where we take note of patient progress. This is your host, Mithabrakar, current student at North Canyon High School. I'm on a journey to turn the doctor-patient relationship into a patient-doctor relationship by discovering just what we can learn from patient narratives. We all stood around and cried, and then I said, you know what, we're done. Today we're sitting down with the patient, where we talked about the importance of optimism in a cancer patient's treatment. Well, um... Now it was weird because I was feeling pretty good. I, was, I had some things that were, you know, like feeling lightheaded and stuff, and then all these bruises showed up, and then uh went to urgent care, and they took some blood, and they said, you need to get to the hospital right now because your platelets are at 5,000. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know what that meant. And then, uh so I checked in the hospital. They checked me in on a Wednesday night. Thursday morning, the doctor came in, said, well, you have something on your blood, looks like leukemia. So it was that fast. Changed Just my life. Yeah. And then the next night, Friday night, I was on chemo. So it was fast. So kind of like a whirlwind. Yeah. Yeah. He came in Friday morning and told me what kind of leukemia it was and the treatment plan. And we just jumped in headstrong from there. Oh, okay. So this is my second round of chemo. And what was going on in your life around this time? Just normal, just yeah. normal life. You know, we're retired and we babysit our grandkids. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was kind of another indication, too, because they would just wear me out real fast. Yeah. But, you know, but other than that, life was pretty normal. How did your family respond to this? Because it was so worldly. Oh, they were devastated. Yeah, but um, 34-year-old daughter and a 30-year-old son, and my husband and I have been married 38 years, so it just it just was hard on all of us because, you know, you try not to think of that, you know, what it could mean, you know, so we all stood around and cried, and then I said, you know what, we're done. We're done crying. This is the last time. Mm -hmm. I said, we're putting on our big girl panties <laughs> and we're going to fight this thing and we're not, you know, we're not going to dwell on any negative things. We're going to stay positive and we're going to be thankful for all the small, you know, accomplishments that happen along the way. Mm -hmm. And we're going to just push the, push the negative things under the carpet and, you know, just deal with positives. That's a really admirable. So place. yeah, between that and prayer, yeah, there've been many a nights I laid here, you know, in the darkness and just prayed and prayed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How has your family been here to support you, and have they given you any strength through this? Oh yeah, my husband's yeah. here every day. He's, you know, just bless his heart. He just sits there in that chair and stares at me. <laughs> And like I said, we're retired, you know, so we're used to kind of doing our own thing during the day. So mm -hmm. sometimes I'm like, you know, I'm going to go home. <laughs> <laughs> what was important for your doctor to know about you personally? And how has the nature of your relationship with your physician affected your outlook on your illness? I think just the fact that he knows my positive attitude, you know, and that because I think, you know, the first few things I'd been through the first few chemos, I think he was a little surprised at how the outcome was, bad as it was. 
You've mentioned how important staying positive has been during your treatment. Have you always had a positive outlook on life? I've always been like that. It just, it just came out stronger. I mean, everybody, my friends and my... I say I have a big tribe because I have a lot of friends and family and, you know, people that care about me. And mm -hmm. I mean, my phone blows up every day. <laughs> How are you doing? How are you feeling? But I think that means a lot, too. That's a lot of prayers coming in, a lot of positive thoughts. And mm -hmm. Do you think that if you didn't have this positive outlook, it would affect how your treatment went? Or do you think that it helps? I, I think it would affect how my treatment went. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. If you focus more on the negatives, you don't think you'd be doing as well? No. Yeah. No, because you just all your, all your energy goes into that negative space, mm -hmm. and it just perpetuates that negativity. Yeah. If you stick with positive and send all that energy, you know, into the positive, then it's better. That's my philosophy anyway. Yeah. That's what I believe. <laughs> Positivity gives you more strength in this. Mm -hmm. How important do you think hope is in a cancer patient's life? Oh, it's huge. Huge. Yeah. Where do you personally find hope, comfort, and strength to continue through this process. This little book right here. At this point, me and the Jesus patient Calling. talked about a book called Jesus Calling and the importance it has had on her life since diagnosis. It's not really a Bible passage. I think she wrote it from several Bible passages, one for each day. And it's so interesting how, you know, I would read a day and how my day was. That's, it, it messed up and it was so... Weird. Oh, really? Yeah. That's very interesting, actually. And I was like, and and you know, I'm not I'm not a religious person because I don't go to church and mm -hmm. I don't belong to a religion, but I am a spiritual person. I've always prayed. I've always believed in the power of prayer. I've always believed in God and you know all that stuff. But that book has just been amazing to me. Helped me through a lot of a lot of hard days. <laughs> Has your belief in God strengthened after your diagnosis? Yeah, yeah, yep, absolutely. Has your diagnosis changed your perspective on life? Yeah, it's funny. I've been in here Thanksgiving. I was in here over Christmas. I was in here over New Year's, and it's like you know, you lay here on those holidays, and you think. You know, everybody's out there. I don't know the words. Just the, the, the you know, the buying and the giving and the, yeah. all that stuff. When I'm laying here, just contemplating my mortality, you know. And so you just think about, like the kids ask me, what do you want for Christmas? And I was like, I just want to live <laughs> to the next Christmas. <laughs> You know, so it's, it makes it different. So you become like more grateful about Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Grateful every day. After reflecting on this experience, what is some advice that you think everyone in the world would benefit from hearing? I think just staying positive. I think, you know, like I said, just taking those negative thoughts and putting them away and finding the positive uh, anything. Any small little positive thing and being grateful for it. Mm -hmm. And I think it makes a difference. And of course prayer. But not everybody believes in prayer, but 
I think it's huge. Personally for you? Mm-hmm. Personally for me, yeah. Is there anything you wish that your doctor had known about you before starting this treatment plan? Uh, I don't know. I don't know that it would have made a difference. I think his expertise and the... I've, I've always felt very comfortable from the beginning in his expertise in this field. So when I first checked in, we were out of network in our insurance. So my first round, we have to pay for. Mm-hmm. But, but I didn't want to go somewhere else. I mean, he started me on this program, and I was like, I'm sticking, you know, I feel comfortable with him, and I just want to stick with the program. So I, I felt comfortable from with him from the beginning. And he's very quiet. I mean, he just, he just comes in, he tells you like it is, and then he goes. <laughs> it's really just, like, for me, heartwarming hearing how comfortable you feel in his hands. Because it's a huge thing, basically trusting your life in someone's hands. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the kids were all like, and my son-in-law's a... He's a first-year resident at the Maricopa Medical Center. Mm-hmm. And the kids were all, my daughter-in-law and my son and my my son-in-law and my daughter, they were all like, Mom, you, you should probably get a second opinion. You should probably... I'm like, it is too late. We're here. We hit the ground running here. Mm-hmm. You know, and I didn't want to... I didn't do that. want to do that for the second round either because I felt comfortable continuing in his care. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you would want to change about how your treatment went? Uh, no, I, I think I just, you know, I just plan to be strong through this whole thing, and, and I feel like I have been, and I'm going to beat it, and that's that. <laughs> <laughs> just, wow, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just in awe because I'm sitting here, and it's so admirable <laughs> because you still have such a strong attitude towards life and anything you don't see that a lot well what else are you gonna do i mean you can pull me and when when i've had i'm not gonna lie i've had a couple days especially this time because i think i had higher expectations because Mm -hmm. i felt a lot better coming in and i found out that i was in remission on christmas eve so you know i had that big that big celebration and I just thought I, I I just thought this one would go easier but there were things in the middle that just sunk me down a couple days and you know I just lay here and go you know what it's okay to have a pity party but you know, you're gonna get over it and you're gonna you know just wander on so when you were feeling down on those days what helped you to become your normal positive self? Like, what gave you strength to continue on? I just prayed for strength. I just prayed for God to give me strength and fill my body with peace. And basically, I just gave everything over. I said, you know, it's time for me to worry about this. I'm really not the one in control. So, yeah. So you've talked a lot about how your personal beliefs in God um, have become stronger. Can you say the same thing about your family? So, like, how have they been coping? Have they also turned to God? You know, I don't know. It's hard to say about them. I, I keep telling them, you know, about the different things that I'm doing and, you know, what I'm praying for. You know, they say they're praying. I, I don't know if they are or not, but 
you know, that's an individual thing, and I don't know. I hope that people who listen to this podcast can see more from a patient's perspective, you know, their narrative, essentially. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to... I hope most of your, most of the people that you talk to are positive, too, because I really do think that makes a big difference. It'll be interesting to see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've had my friends, when I was home be between these two, I had um, one of my friends, and she's not a real, real close friend, but, you know, she's a good friend, and mm -hmm. she, we sat across the couch from each other, and I was just telling her my, you know, kind of what, you know, we've been talking about. She just was sitting there with tears <laughs> just running down her face. <laughs> And she's like, you're the strongest woman I know. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I just, it, it's, it's just how it needs to be for me. How do you feel when people tell you how strong you are? How does that benefit your attitude, if at all? Uh, I don't know. It makes me feel kind of, I don't know what the word is. Kind of humbles me a little bit. Does it provide any comfort when people tell you mm -hmm. that you're strong? Yeah. Yeah. So since you've been diagnosed, uh, have your relationships with other people strengthened? Because you said that um, this was a, a good friend but not a close friend. So have you become closer with anybody? I, I think it's just been, like I said, it's my tribe. It's all my people. You know, and I have, since I retired, I have these different groups. I have book two book clubs that I belong to and I have a, this was part of a cooking club that started and then it just mm -hmm. kind of went away but there's just a small group of us that you know go to dinner and stuff and uh, and then of course you know my long-term friends and my family my brothers uh, so it's just I think you know when something like this happens, and before before you take it, you take your friendships for granted, and now every time they come and visit, you know they leave, and it's like love you, love you. Mm -hmm. You know we want to say it so that we know that it's there. Thank you all so much for listening. I want to express my sincere gratitude to this patient for sharing their story with me and allowing me to pass it on to my listeners. Also, shout out to Palo Verde Cancer Specialists for introducing us. Thanks to my producer, Manith Rakar, for helping me turn my idea into a reality. Special thanks to Tape Machines for the music. Join us again next time for a new patient update.